Hi there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Cloud-Based Mayhem. Been a busy couple weeks since the release of the hang gliding episode. Uh, lots and lots of feedback on that one. Uh, seems like most people enjoyed it, but uh, if, you, if you haven't caught that one yet, go back and listen. It's a fantastic history, super fun. That was really, uh, really interesting to put together. And uh, I apologize. Many people have, have pointed out that we missed some big legends along the way, which is, you know, it was a two-hour show. We had to decide what we were going to keep and what we would cut and uh you know it's just hard to put everything together but uh if anything meant we we need to do more of those there's so much knowledge there with the hang gliders and uh you know they were doing it so much longer before paragliding was even around and uh so i, I need to definitely need to interview a lot more hangies and uh try to capture that knowledge before it disappears potentially so but yeah fun show hope you enjoyed that one uh this show i don't have any real housekeeping before we get into this one uh, thank you all for contributing. Uh, we had a huge surge in contributions with that last show with the hang gliding episode, which was which was really cool. I appreciate that. Uh, this show, I have been wanting to talk, to talk to Zayad Basil for a long time. I don't know if I'm saying his last name right. I apologize if I'm not, but uh, Dust of the Universe. This is a blog that he maintains. Uh, he's been testing wings now for a very, very long time. Uh, he lives in Lebanon, you know, obviously pretty fascinating place. So I couldn't resist asking him some questions before we even got into it about Beirut and the Civil War and uh, what's going on in Lebanon and the very unique challenges that they have to flying, but uh, some cool places to fly. I've been, I've been uh, watching the stuff that they've been doing for some time now, but I really wanted to ask him, and many of you have asked me to ask him how he goes about testing. And, uh, you know, he's been a prolific tester of gear, harnesses, and wings for a very long time. And so uh, we talk about how he does that and why and, and uh, what he's been able to accomplish. And, of course, some of the blowback he gets for putting out his opinions. Uh, he's, he's uh, you know, because he does it on his own dime, he's able to be very honest about his own opinions. He's not beholden to any company and doesn't have to say what they want him to say. He says what he says. So uh, quite a different path you know it's it's a it's an honest way to, to hear about a wing you know, rather than an ad in, in a magazine or something so i've been very appreciative of his work for a very long time uh, we haven't always agreed but uh it's been is i appreciate what he does very much and i think you will as well if you're not familiar with him just google dust of the universe and you'll find his uh, facebook page and his blog and you'll see the prolific uh, amount of testing he's done. It's really impressive. So uh, I think you're going to enjoy this. If you're into gear or you're thinking about gear or you're uh, just interested in flying, and especially flying in the Middle East, uh, Middle East, it's a, this is a cool show and a very cool character. So uh, without further delay, please enjoy this cool conversation with Zion Basil. Zayed, uh, welcome to the Cloud-Based Mayhem. Uh, this is pretty exciting for me. I've been following your write-ups about gear for I don't know how many years now, uh, and we've of course had a ton of requests to have you on the show. So this is this is pretty exciting. I really appreciate your time. I, I thought a great place for us to start is uh, is just to share with everybody where you are uh, and and what the flying is like where you are. We, we discussed before we started recording there that you've got some pretty unique challenges flying in, in Lebanon. Uh, hi, Gavin. Thank you um, for putting me on your show on the podcast. Um, yes, well, actually, if you want to speak about the challenges to fly in Lebanon, Lebanon is a small place uh, to fly, but you have interesting uh, sites. Uh, one side, two sites in the north. Uh, I mean, three sites in the north, and one site in the middle of uh, the, the country. Uh, it's it's practically uh, flyable all year round, but uh, not this year. This is were very tough for us. Were very bad weather. Uh, the challenges of flying in Lebanon um, because of the political situation, it's a bit difficult for us. We must uh, phone the army before we fly, and we must uh, uh, call them again when we land. And every, about, every flight? Yeah. Yes, yes, every oh flight. We have to, yeah, that's um, pretty tough sometimes, especially when... We want to go uh, for a, a good day for XC, and uh, it's difficult a bit. 
but uh, but it's flyable and they let us fly every day if it's uh, if it's if it's okay. And are there are there like uh, you know are there are there real risks to to flying in terms of you know violence, guns, landmines, you know, or the the stuff we see on TV, or is that you know are you flying in areas that are you know that that's not really a risk? It's more just uh, you know dealing with the army and letting them know. Yeah, no, of course we fly in a really. Uh uh, nice places. There are no risks in those places. There are restricted areas uh, we cannot fly. So uh, it's practically 50 kilometers by 50 kilometers. That's it. That's the area we can fly almost in Lebanon. It's pretty small, but it's uh, that's uh, pretty uh, secure. Let's just say. And, and tell me, tell me about the community you have there. You know, how how big is your? Do you have like a club? How how big is the club? How how many people? Um, you know, and the, and do you get together? Can you travel to nearby countries to to fly? You know, how, what's it like well, getting in and out? Well, there are really few pilots in Lebanon. There are three clubs, uh, but there are if you gather all the pilots, maybe fifty pilots. That's okay. it. Fifty pilots and. On the weekends, uh, you can see maybe 15, 20 pilots maximum, but that's it. Mostly it's uh, now uh, focused on tandem flights since people like to fly. Uh, sing, uh, and uh, solo pilots are really, uh, <laughs> I mean, there, there's not, not really much. Yeah, there's not really much uh, solo pilots flying in the air. Sometimes I'm flying maybe in the Cedar Range. It's a very nice place to fly and uh, almost alone in the sky. So in the, during the week also sometimes can, I can fly alone, maybe two or three pilots in the air. That's it. Tell me, to give, give, give us a picture. Uh, I mean, I realize that's hard and it's not your native language, but give us a picture of what it's, you know, so I've spent quite a bit of time in, in Morocco, a little bit in Tangier. Um, you know, what, what, is it, what does it look like? Describe the flying. You know, is it, is it big mountains? Is it small mountains? Are you flying? Is it urban? Is it rural? You know, what, what is it? What's okay. the flying like? Maybe I, uh, I should uh, start by saying that we have... That's three small sites. Uh, there is one site in Junie Bay. This site is around 730 meters above sea level, and uh, you can land on the beach. And this is a small site, but uh, have uh, nice uh, weather conditions. It's protected, kind of protected from the uh, wind, from the bad weather. Uh, this is a site in Junie. The other site in the north part is called Meziara. Uh, in front of Meziara, we have a Meziara is a mountain with 830 meters of height. Then we have a flatland toward the sea, and it's not really far from Meziara. It's 12 kilometers to the sea, but it's all flat. And this is a very nice site for comparison, for wing comparisons also, and for small XC flights. Uh, very forgiving site, uh, not really dangerous to fly there and then th these two uh, these two sites are for the winter and summer but the the cedar range we have the cedar range and it's uh, and this in the north part the highest mountain is 3900 meter it's not really far also from the sea so uh, in a direct line it's 40 kilometers so the conditions there are really nice, really, really nice. So maybe in the morning, we have the other side of this mountain. This mountain faces faces uh, west and east. And on the east, we have the Bekaa Valley. Oh, it's not really, uh, uh, res it's restricted area, we cannot fly there. But we have a very flat uh, land and it's really powerful thermals. So if you take up uh, take off uh, at ten o'clock, probably you get a six meter per second easy. Wow. And at twelve, yes, at twelve, it's if you can handle the glider. I think uh, sometimes in August get above six thousand meters. 
but of course it's uh, it's not really fun to fly because it's a um, strong uh, thermal breeze but anyway if you get uh, to 4000 meters and just turn and just turn you have a 40 glide to the sea so it's a very very easy spot to go xc did, did you say 4000 meters 4000 meters is just uh, very easy to take i mean a school wow. a school uh, yeah because it's very easy to the thermals are really strong wow and, uh, and are you are are you in are you in beirut no i'm staying in jebel jebel okay. is uh, biblos biblos it, it's uh, in the north part so i'm between all the sites okay and maybe if my yeah so an hour drive i can be in the cedars 15 minutes, I can be in Junie. Uh, 45 minutes, I can be in Miziara. So I'm between the three sites. And, and most of the pilots there that, that fly in the club, maybe the, the non-tandem pilots, are, are they mostly from Lebanon or are they mostly expats? No, mostly from Lebanon. Okay. They're mostly Great. from Lebanon, yes. Yeah. Wow. And, and you, have, you have a school there or a couple schools? Yes, there are two schools uh, there, but mostly they are focused now on tandem flying. They are, of okay. course, uh, teaching some pilots, but there is no really big interest now in learning paragliding. But we are trying to introduce the sport more and more. Uh, but anyway, they are making tandems uh, like uh, very often. Uh, every day, uh, each pilot are making uh, 10, 12 tandems, I don't know. Uh, they are really working well. So th this is going to sound like a, a completely uh, just a stupid question, but, you know, with, with, the, with everything going on literally right across your border in Damascus, um, mm -hmm. you know, is that – how much does that impact you? Uh, how much does it impact Lebanon as, as a country? I mean, is there is there any hope of ever dialing up to 4,000 and going – and going east? Well, that's, yeah, that's really uh, difficult uh, to say. I've never tried it because I can't be, uh, <laughs> I can't be shot. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> quite easily, quite easily. Uh, yeah. Going to the Bekaa Valley at 4,000, it's easy to go XC, but you can, I can go uh, on the, on my right uh, to the, to the south. So I can go to the south because the the range of mountains it separate lebanon and horizontally so you can go to the south and go back but the problem is the airline mm, mm. Uh, and then uh, and is that the same is that the same case with going you know kind of south southwest into israel or is that even a is that a possibility yes, or yes but we cannot go there of course, course. Yeah. that's why i told you yes only 50 kilometers maximum by 50 kilometers this is the area we can uh, <laughs> have some little fun so you've that's got it. that really that yes. that window and that's it how, how long has it been like that well it has been like that uh, since i began really since i began we had we had syrian army before and the north part at that time and it was really challenging to fly over them and not being shot. So multiple times I have landed uh, far away, maybe when there was Syrian army in the Kura Flats. And I was surrounded by military army with gun that pointing at me. So for me, this was a hell of an adventure. Wow. And, well, and uh, to mention being arrested uh, many times and waiting really? endless moments to get released. Yeah, but, but because. Wow. But yeah, it was very difficult in the past. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm encouraged by your passion and enthusiasm when it's, and it's, so oh, it's kind of a, an isolated place where you can't really uh, yeah. explore too much. I, I, it's neat that you've say, stayed so passionate about the sport. But. So, I mean, the, the problem to get one glider into a custom and receiving it you don't know really the the mess we got into only one glider each glider comes the customs uh, put it into uh, control and we have to move two or three times to beirut it's uh, 35 to 40 kilometers from my place 
two or three times because of the control of that glider. The glider stays in the customs office. Um, a guy from the military comes and check it, then it will be cleared. So each glider takes about 20 to 25 days sometimes to get cleared. So imagine I received maybe one or two gliders uh, per week and all the stress to <laughs> to get it out uh, yeah that's also it's a challenge for us but anyway that's uh, how we do it and you, you, we, we we both have a mutual friend i haven't seen him in years but uh, ronnie who's a, an american yes. surfer and maui yes. and stuff it, i'm not yes. sure if he's still there or not is he still there yes he is. yes yes i'm seeing so, ronnie uh, many times yeah and, and so it, is it different for him or can he fly the same stuff that you guys do he he knows the limits you know he doesn't yeah. really yeah in this part of the country it's really safe to fly Okay. If okay. it's American, if it's uh, any uh, any pilot, any foreign pilot can fly really safely here. It's not that uh, dangerous to fly mm. because it's, uh, there is order here, peace and order, <laughs> yeah. like you say. But yeah. uh, this part, but we don't really go far that point. Lebanon yeah. is a small country, but in this part, it's really really safe. I mean, I was arrested, but by my own people by my own army because they were they, say they that, want you to be yeah. safe yeah yeah because where are you going yeah, or what, what why did you land here uh so that's it so they're looking, maybe they're, because, they're looking after you yeah yeah well maybe when when you fly and you you like to fly and the condition is really good you you have to push the envelope you have to go and to make a long distance flying okay and uh, um Maybe 20 years ago, uh, there was not really uh, the political situation was really bad before. I mean, and there is no government. There was Syrian army here, and it was uh, militias, and, and we were flying. <laughs> I mean, uh, going like sea to remote places. <laughs> you, you, you're, are you talking about during the civil war? Uh, you, you, yeah, and yeah. maybe in 90, from 94, 93. To, to now. Right. I mean, now it's okay. Now we have a government, you have an army, Lebanese army. There is no problem here now. It's very wow. safe. And yeah, lots of foreign pilots are coming. We had uh, last week a um, Danish team. Danish oh, team. really? Really? Cool. That came, yeah. Wow. Often cool. we have foreign pilots coming here. Now, I, I, another place that I haven't been, but I've been fascinated for a long time. There, there's, you know, Jordan is not far from you, and and that seems like this kind of bastion of, of security in a very insecure part of the world these days. Um, do do you go to Jordan? Do you fly in Jordan? No, no, I did not. I didn't. Okay. Not it, yet. But uh, yeah, I heard that also. It's. Uh, it's a bit restricted to fly. My friend is it? work in Jordan, and he said that it's a bit difficult. Also, there are places that uh, you have to slip to fly, like uh, you know, to fly and to run away. Oh, <laughs> High really? And run. High, fly and run. High, fly <laughs> good, and good training for the ex Alps. Maybe I should go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, let's. I, I just, I, I have, I had to ask you some of the just to get a sense of the place. I, I appreciate that. It's uh, you know, fascinating part of the world, and it's uh, sure not without its dangers. But it sounds sounds also pretty exciting. I'd like to get out there and fly. You've inspired me to come come visit. Yeah. It sounds yeah. sounds neat. So um, a little bit more on your history, and then I wanted to get into gear. How long have you been flying? And 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 tell us about the you know, the transition to do these gear reviews. How did that all happen? Okay, so I'm flying. Um, I began in the early 90s with a few friends. We were pioneers in that sport. Uh, there was a group of French tourists flying over here at that time, over Junier uh, uh, Bay. And I, I was hooked up. One Frenchman stayed a week later and told me how to fly. Wow. Later on, I began. Yeah, so later on, I began to to kite my glider practically alone every day because you know uh, this uh, this is the kind of magic carpet uh, for me. <laughs> so flying in some yeah, I was flying practically um, alone in some remote areas without 
no instrument, no weather report, I had little knowledge of the weather change, anything. So for me, it was a great adventure. Uh, in the very early days, I would sleep in the Cedar Range and uh, would fly almost every day. It mm. was, uh, yeah, it was a dream with nature, elements. And uh, weekends was joined with a couple of cool friends. I still remember that I'm really best friends. Now they are not flying. Uh, Roland, Matthew, remember, uh, Thomas. And it was great to share the flight with them. It was really, yeah, it's like uh, you're alone, you know, and you're discovering <laughs> everything about paragliding. The French guy taught me for three days and, uh, and sent me a glider. And he sent me, he sent me <laughs> the glider of Uli Weissmeyer, the, the glider that Uli Weissmeyer set the world record on. Wow. <laughs> so, <it was, laughs> so for me, it was really dangerous and was yeah. pretty scared. It was, I, I was pretty scared to fly that glider in the Cedars. But I've learned, I've learned too much. Uh, uh, since then, and uh, well, and that's it. And how how did how did you start doing the gear reviews? And and I, I think a lot of people would would like to know, um, you know, how that works uh, with the companies, yeah. and you know, are they loaners? Uh -huh. Are they? Do you have to buy them? Do they give them to you? Uh -huh. how, how does that all work? Well, uh, actually, I began I began the first. Uh, Okay, I must tell you why I do those uh, testing. I mean, sure. for my first early days, I had this, uh, I don't know, this, uh, I don't know how to say it. Uh, it's like a feel to get, to fly other gliders. Mm. It's like, um, it's like I always say that birds cannot exchange wings, but <laughs> we can. That's it. This is, uh, <laughs> so they fly <laughs> and they fly much better than us uh, for a million years, but they cannot exchange wings. So and we can exchange them and we can feel the, the difference when you exchange them. I mean, if you go and fly a, an ENA glider and then you fly a CCC glider, the difference is a huge. Mm. And I, I was really happy to exchange the wings from the early stages. So I mean, if your friend comes in a wing, <laughs> I would ask if I can fly these wings, and now, and afterward, everyone lent me the, his wing. Uh -huh. so that, in, that, that that's how it began. And afterward, I would uh, sometimes borrow in the early days. I mean, uh, the gliders for my friends, and then I was contacted by some manufacturers. I, I wrote the test on the net. And nobody got them seriously. I mean, they said that who gonna listen to them? Who gonna read them? I mean, I'm I'm happy. I'm just writing from my heart everything mm. I know. That's it. I'm doing my best. Mm. And then uh, I contacted some companies and I bought the gliders. And the, um, 15 years ago, I mean, I sometime I um, I was lent. They lent me the glider. But it wasn't good for me because if if a company lend you the glider, sometimes mm, they you would can't ask, be objective. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. But I, I'm always I'm always saying what I want to say. I'm always objective. But the problem is that when he lent you the glider, and he said, "Okay, please just tell me before you write what you, mm. what's what you are going to write," and that was frustrating to me. So I stopped that, and. And uh, afterward, I made a budget. Uh, I put a budget and then I purchased some gliders. I began to purchase the gliders. Uh, and that's where I can take full time and then fly the glider and then sell the glider. That's it. And, and so that works out. Is it... What's the economic model for you then? Is it uh, you're able to buy the glider at maybe cost and then sell it and make enough, or is it basically just a pass through and you you're you're funding all this through your other work? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just I put a budget of maybe uh, ten thousand dollars, or 
a small budget and I said this budget I'm going to use it for uh, buying stuff and then because of uh, Lebanon there is no dealers in Lebanon there's yes there is a dealer but all friends I mean there is an ozone dealer there is a gin dealer but dealer uh, with 50 pilots not really interesting I mean uh, they gave me the the glider I pay the glider at nearly the cost of the glider and when there is no dealer I can get the glider directly from the manufacturer at the dealer price sometimes when the glider is finished and maybe it's uh, somebody is interested here he can sell it here otherwise I can sell it worldwide it's only one glider one size one tested I don't get to work on this uh, stuff so i only purchase one glider one size or maybe two size m l m and s m because i'm thin <laughs> so the smaller size yeah smaller size and the medium size and then i sell them afterward okay and is this is this your main job no no it's not my main job okay what what, what do you do for quote unquote real work <laughs> <laughs> this, this is obviously fun work, uh, which we all uh, we're all yeah. trying to figure out how to do. But <laughs> no, I had um, yeah, I had a um, special occasion um, during the uh, during the war in in seventy five. We uh, we get out from Beirut. My father. Uh, we get to go into Biblos, Jbeil, and I was uh, 11 years old. I was still at school, and we finished. Uh, my father did uh, his job here in Jbeil. We made a big uh, supermarket, and uh, at, uh, when I finished my school, I worked with my father. And in 2004, I, uh, I took the job. Uh, the supermarket enhanced it and now I have uh, a big company and that's my main job okay okay so you're you're very busy with that um, it, how, yes. how much time how much time would you say you can dedicate to the testing and writing and um, you know, we'll have all this in the show notes but those of you who are listening uh, if you don't know it already you probably do but on Facebook it's dust of the universe and if you just Google search dust of the universe you'll find uh, Zayad's blog which is terrific um, and it's easier to Google it that way than the than the address but it's uh, you'll, you'll see what I'm what we're talking about with all the reviews and the different wings and everything but um, how much time are you able to dedicate or w would you say you dedicate to doing the the testing uh, maybe each month? Well, Gavin, as I said, um, my home place is uh, really between all the sites. And, uh, well, it, if it's flyable and uh, is everything is um, on the right way, uh, my company is really uh, – I have a – Lots of people working, and uh, I can manage to go and fly. So every day, if it's liable, I can go fly. It's and wow. I go back to work. Yeah, I can go back to work very easily. So it's not really uh, like France, or maybe or Europe, because the sites are really far away, and you have to travel. So maybe 15 minutes, I can go uh, at the near site. Huh? It's very easy mm. to reach. Mm. So I mean, I'm I'm available when it's flyable. Okay. But, okay. Yeah. Um, what do you do? You cover all manufacturers, or are, are you are you trying to isolate just with a few? Or tell tell us about how you how do you approach uh, the testing? And and I know it's you know it's it's harnesses, wings, it's everything. Correct. Yeah. Well, I mean. I mean, I like to, to test fly anything, <laughs> all the gliders, yeah. all the harnesses, if I can, um, from every manufacturer. But sometimes uh, sometimes it's difficult to reach all the manufacturers. Sometimes it's difficult to, uh, to purchase them. Uh, right. Sure. Some manufacturers don't let you get their wings. I mean, yeah, if you, they, they know that I can write whenever I want. So some companies... Are not happy 
that's uh, it's a big business and uh, if everyone is uh, does know how the business work and they know that uh, they are keeping their business uh, you know properly properly maintained i mean mm. if there is a problem with any glider i i will write it because you know you're reviewing these things and you're very honest and you know and sometimes they aren't glowing reports you know um do you do you receive much blowback from the community do you do you do you have yes. to get into you know uh i don't know little pissing matches <laughs> <laughs> look uh, no I'm, I'm just i write just exactly as i feel exactly yeah. i feel every word i mean but always being polite because I know I have a company and I understand the load and the pressure sure. uh, the company has, the payments they, that that uh, they have to uh, to expand. You know, so but I write everything right. Anyway, the the people who get um, pissed off. I mean, this is the companies, the owners of the companies, and everyone. Of course, mm. uh, maybe some. They'll tell me that losing lots of money and you 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 wrote that it's not really nice to wrote this the glider is really nice I mean I say yeah well, the glider is really nice but I mean it's shown on the video it is it, it's it's clear it's a maybe it's a D glider and this this C glider is performing much better I mean it's 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 obvious what do you want me to write this is the right thing yeah. to do yeah. Yeah, you should yeah. not release the wing. Should not release the wing before you make your own testing. If yeah. it's now nowadays, I, I cannot. Uh, I'm saying that okay. So they are the performance are really close. I say that the performance. I write that the performance are really close. I mean that's it. They're really close. If they are close, but if they are not close, well, I will I will write it as it is. Mm, mm. I will write it because, but I will write it poli uh, politely. You know, I'm yeah. not, uh, I'm not the guy who just want to wreck uh, all the companies. No, I'm just, I'm just writing what should. Uh, yeah, what your I, opinion. I felt that's it. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. The um, so so what what manufacturers do you mostly uh, review? Well, everyone. All everyone. If, yeah, every huh? manufacturer. If if I can purchase a wing, I can purchase it, and I review the wing. Okay, I mean, so there's the B class and the C class, and then the D class. Okay, not in the C because mainly competition gliders don't, doesn't need the reviews. They fly by their own and they test. But maybe B and C and D gliders. Sure. Okay. Um, so what, what companies right now, uh, and again, listeners, this is Zayed's opinion, uh, and so we're all allowed to have them. So, you know, obviously you probably got favorites and unfavorites, but, uh, you know, without, you know, maybe uh, angering too many companies here, <laughs> um, what, which, which manufacturers, because there's, there's some new players on the block. We just did a podcast yes. with uh, Philippe Resende with Flow. Uh, there's the, yes. there's the Korean, uh, the new Korean company, there's Fee, uh, which is kind of exciting, you know, man, they're, they're really just concentrating on the A gliders right now, but, you know, long history there with, with Hannes. Um, but what, what manufacturers right now do you feel like, uh, you know, are really kind of pushing the envelope. Are you kind of most excited about? Maybe you can predict in the future they're going to have the, yeah. you know, the yeah. Who who's who in your mind is yeah? Well, that's a tough question here. I mean, I felt that over the years there was always some glider that will mark the paragliding world by their efficiencies mm. in the air. Every maybe four to five years, six years, I don't know. I felt there would be a new discovery from a certain company that lead to a better performance improvement. Uh, and then other companies do some effort to reach that development. Uh, I think today eliminating uh, the drag is the most challenging part in moving forward uh, toward better performance because all the companies are really professional and they have a big R&D and the top leading brands as you know them. 
so yeah, the bar is already very high in every mm. category in the B, C, and D. And as I said, the top leading brands, the 10 top leading brands are trying hard to move forward or at least to deliver up-to-date gliders because maybe in the C category today, the performance is nearly the same. And the high B also, it's very close. And that's it. So it's um, the easiness of flight also. So I, there is really not, uh, I cannot say, uh, I cannot mention one company, but there's really top companies here that are doing a really nice job. Yeah. So let's, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here. You don't have to answer this, but it, you know, if you, if you'd like to go for it. Um, mm -hmm. Well, for, first of all, if you, it, when you're just flying for your own personal fun, uh, yeah. are you flying a CCC or a B or where, 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 what are you flying for when you're trying to go out and do, you know, a, a challenging XC flight? Uh, so, um, you see my philosophy in flying is pleasure in flight. That's why I, I like the gliders that, um, um, I've, I mean, I've been swapping gliders like crazy. It's difficult for me to have only one glider, but of course not CCC because I'm not competing. I would not use that glider and it's mm. difficult anyway and to use it in some very turbulent air. So I'm taking a risk and uh, this risk is... Yeah, yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah, it's not yeah. worth it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Today's gliders are, if, if I want to fly in the past now, 10 years ago, uh, I wouldn't dream of flying may, maybe a C glider or a B glider. And this, the performance of those gliders today weren't available in competition gliders 10 years ago. So, I mean, I fly a, maybe a C or a D glider if I want to. That's it. Mm -hmm. okay. I don't have one specific glider. Okay, um, great. I, I mean, I think that helps us just to understand, you know, what what you like to fly. So, um, let, let, let's run let's run through. And I, again, I, everybody understands this is just your your opinion, but it's uh, but you must have uh, a favorite in each. You know, like what's your favorite B? Yes. What's your favorite C? What's your favorite D right now, currently? Yeah. Of course, of course, uh, it's very easy answer. I mean. I'm a person who favors um, the pleasure of flight. I mean, the handling of a glider. If the, hand, mm. the glider handles pretty well, I'm sensitive to that. So, I mean, it's personal. I mean, if I fly a glider and this glider gives me exact feeling of uh, agility inside the thermal and cuts through and climb, and I like that glider. I favor this glider. So, I mean, in the B category now today, uh, um, I mean, the Chile... Uh, four is really nice to fly. Mm, Skywalk. Uh, a, yeah, Skywalk has mm. a Chili 4. It's a really nice to fly uh, among the B+. I can state dozen of gliders. I mean, Really? Are, yeah, because wow. of the B category. I've made the, I've made the comparison, the B comparison, and the handling is what I'm really looking forward. I mean, the Rush 5 now, it's not handles swiftly like the the chili four but it has really nice performance and mm. very easy to fly also so this the this is interesting to make a, a b plus glider that is really comfortable to fly and then also uh, very high performance and also on the c and in the d category yeah, I, th I almost feel like we need to. I should have expanded on my question because the the B category, you know, I I, I haven't flown a B in many 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 years, so I, I don't have experience with it. But um, the 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 B category is is massive now, isn't it? I mean, the the we we didn't used to say a hot B or a low B. We used to just say B, but now it's like, you know, there's a middle B, there's a low B, there's a high B. I mean, the high Bs, everybody says, oh well, it should be a C. <laughs> Um, yes. you know, uh, so maybe I should even say, you know, what's your favorite low B high B. And then I think we have to do the same thing for the C's now, don't we? Well, Gavin, the B category is really big, uh, huge. I mean, huge. and the manufacturers, yeah, because of the pilots, uh, this is the, this is the most purchased wings, uh, of all the categories. Sure. Sure. And, uh, this category, um, I mean, it changes a lot. I mean, low B category sometimes, sometimes low B category is not, uh, is not really a low B category. 
okay. manufacturers, some manufacturers has a low B and a high B, but many B sometimes when I fly a low B, I sense that, wow, it's a dynamic wing. And mm. It shouldn't be, but it's the race for performance and race for, for performance is, uh, is a race for performance. So when you challenge, when you make challenges with a low B, and you're marketing, you're marketing a low B glider, I expect to have a low B glider that is a bit uh, spicy. Oh, okay. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, companies maybe should uh, market, uh, should be marketing a high B glider. Okay, we understand. So it's a B, but it's marketing for XCUs. And the other one, it's for a beginner, uh, beginner plus, that's it. But today uh, it's um, it's really messy. I mean, you have it, all all of them are in the B category. All of them pass the certification, but uh, not really all of them are uh, similar. I mean, in the low B category, as the HV stated, there are maybe one, two, three classes, and they mm. in the low B category they put three, four classes. I don't know, maybe in the high B also. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, about like a. A Carrera versus uh, what? What would be a good yeah, idea? Yeah, the Carrera, I, I, I yeah, mean, the like Carrera it, is not a B. Uh, yeah, <laughs> at the time, put it a B, but it's not really a B. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. I think that's where people need to be careful, don't they? Because it's you know, you're if you if you've just come out of the school and you're a P one and you're looking for your first glider and you go, oh, I'll get a B and you get a Carrera, you're you've just you've just purchased a pretty hot ship. <laughs> <laughs> of course, for them, yeah. Yeah, for them, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I mean, also, if you if you got a wing that's really um, tuned to pass a certification, I don't think you will get um, uh, most of the performance with it. I mean, right. the Carrera, the the original Carrera, the original Carrera was really nice to fly. It was dynamic to fly, and f we forget the B. But I mean, later on, the B, the Carrera Plus was smooth to fly more pitch back and it wasn't a b of course but it it uh, did um did not have the um the performance feel i mean lots of pilots today are going uh to ask about the b category i mean today if you have a b category and you're flying for fun that's the category you have to aim but if you or um, you want more challenging sensations of flights, I, I think B glider can be boring, of course, mm. but uh, mm. not for all the pilots. I mean, for weekend pilots, for a pilot flying maybe 50 hours per year, I mean, the B category, the B plus category is more than enough. I mean, if I fly the B category, I can practically fly with any glider with any good C or D glider. If there is a good pilot flying a B plus glider, I don't we miss anything about performance. It would be fly very um, competitively. I mean, okay, not for competition, but maybe for XC, for pleasure, for going on his own challenging. Yeah. I mean, I think I think Nova proved that beyond a shadow of a doubt with the mentor, you know, and they put those great yeah. pilots on. Exactly. I mean, it, I think people often miss that, that these were very, very good pilots flying that wing. Uh, you know, these were comp pilots in, in many cases, but, you know, they were you know, the, doing these massive triangles in the Alps on a mentor proved to everybody uh, that, you know, that you don't necessarily need uh, to take a lot of risk with your with your glider choice. You know, you can get on a mentor and have a really good day <laughs> and no, look yeah gavin it's no it's really um this this question of mentor the best mentor was created it was the mentor too i had one in s size and flying that glider was spicy yes a bit but really competitive among mm. the current at the time current glider at the time it was competitive of course it wasn't a glider for any beginner going to the sport but it was like a new it was it was that glider that you feel that it just at the time it was pitching inside the thermal it's a slipping through the thermal you can feel everything it's like mm. a competition glider and it, it was it was digging through the stuff surfing getting in so i was really impressed by that glider and then the mentor series the three was more mellow the four was 
I don't know, a bit uh, a very well performance. But uh, anyway, uh, it changes a bit. And the five combine all of them. Uh, still, but very mellow. Hmm. Not all of them are not uh, like the mentor two in the hmm. interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and the and the feel, and then all the all the other competitors uh, catch up, caught up with them. So then now you know, now you have really five or six B plus company uh, gliders, uh, which are really competitive. Hmm. Hmm. Um, okay. How about C's? Mm-hmm. About C's. What do you want to know? <laughs> Just your, your favorite right now. You, you know, your, your okay, own, you, you know, have, if you had, if you had 15 yeah. of them sitting there from 15 different companies, which would you grab yeah. to go? Which are you well, most actually, excited about? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, my favorite one was, uh, five years ago was a Delta two mm. and then uh, Delta two in size MS because also it's very important to stay the size. When I make a test, uh, some people disagree because they do not fly the glider. The same size of the glider I tested at the same mm-hmm. load. It's two different criteria. It's very difficult. I mean, yeah, it uh, differs a lot sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Delta Two MS, it was really nice glider. And then Skywalk make the Cayenne. The Cayenne uh, 5, it's a very impressive glider. Mm. And now when I flew the uh, Delta 3, it was okay. Not really the handling, the fun handling, the precise handling of the Delta 2. It was nice performance, into-wind performance and real air. But I liked more the Alpina 3. So this one, Alpina 3 now I have. And I tested the Nivuk um, Arctic 5 which is really impressive, huh? It got the edge a bit over the Alpina in some ways. Mm. And and also uh, and also the new gen, Bonanza 2. So yeah, I mean I've heard have, good things have, about this I, yeah, it's really nice, the Bonanza 2 also. So all the three have very close performance. I mean, I have the three of them in my truck now and each day I'm gonna fly them I pick one. I just go and fly. I land. I take the, another one, and practically the same. The same I've pleasures. Heard the, uh, I'm happy with them. Yeah. We're working right now on. A, in fact, it'll be released today, and that's not going to be the. <laughs> that won't make any sense to the listeners because <laughs> this won't be out. But it'll be the, the day where you and I are talking um, about hang, a big hang gliding episode, and uh, we've got we had Dustin Martin. We, we're actually there's a bunch of different uh, people that are in that episode, and uh, Dustin Martin, who has the current world record in hang gliding uh, for distance, is has gotten into paragliding the last few years, and he's flying the Arctic Five, and he was talking about the the launch carry characteristics are just unreal. He says that you can just launch it from anywhere in almost any kind of condition. He says it's really, really nice. It, it made me want to fly the glider. I, I I spent, you know, maybe as you know, I spent quite a bit of time on the Arctic back in the old, old day, the Arctic 2, the Arctic 1. <laughs> um, but uh, I haven't flown any of the more recent Niviks in that in the, in the that range, but I've heard good things about the Arctic. That's that's great. Yes, that's, I mean, I mean, I like this glider. I like very much this glider. Mm. Uh, mm. This is a good glider. It's comfortable to fly. Also, if you change a bit uh, from the early versions, it was a bit more aggressive. I mean, changed a bit of the lines. Mm. It's a bit trimmed less, but still very well sorted out. Very nice glider. Okay. Uh, how about these? Well, these I um, I liked very much the M6. I had the M6, mm. and then I got the LM6, the light version of the M6, which is uh, an improvement a bit in the turbine conditions. It was a really nice glider. This impressive D glider. I don't think till now uh, there is a competitive uh, D glider into the market. Maybe a few, but not really getting uh, better than this one. And the Zeno. The Zeno is, of course, my best glider. It's, um, it's the best glider to fly. It's a, it's a um, very soft in reaction, very competitive. It has everything. I mean, this is the most efficient glider in ABC, of course, and the D glider, the D category, yeah. I mean. 
Yeah. Has anybody else? Um, yeah, the Zeno is just taking the world by storm, isn't it? Hasn't it? It's, it really isn't. I have to give it to them. It's an amazing glider. What, is anybody else uh, threatening in that space right now, in your opinion? I mean, I flew uh, some of the two liners, uh, the new generation two liners. I mean, yes, of course, they are really close. I mean, it's really close. Some of them are a bit faster than the Zeno. And uh, this forward speed uh, sometimes helps maybe in getting more, if you don't push the bar often. But they are very close, not really. I, I mean, I prefer still the Zeno for the time. Mm. T- tell us how you approach testing how, how you know you get a new glider um take me through what you do with it uh, you know how how do you assimilate opinions with in different air you know in different conditions um you you're, you're, you you document your process quite well on your website but I, I just if you could run us through a summary of how you do it um that yeah. would be useful yeah yes of course it's Look, it's very easy. Uh, for me here, flying in this small, in the same area for a very long time, in the same spot, in the place I know for 30 years, top landing, swapping gears on the same day, very often, I mean, 30 minutes flying, one hour flying, come top land, get another wing. Um, let me understand better the abilities of a certain glider. That's the feeling of the wing. Mm. Uh, in the same condition, of course, of the day. And uh, then I will fly next to a friend of mine with a reference glider. Reference glider, I mean, in the big category, I keep always a reference glider on a certain size. Okay. Maybe. Okay. And uh, in the C category also, and I keep uh, on the D as reference glider. Maybe on the D, I'm keeping the Zeno. On the C, I'm keeping... I don't know. I have three gliders now. I don't know what to keep. I mean, if I keep the Alpina or the Bonanza or the the Gin, it's the same. I, I will keep one. Uh, so in the B category, I have the Rush 5. And I fly next to a friend with same load. So I, we put ballast to, to, to be on the same load. And I try to be on the same size, of course. I try to be. Not always possible but i'll try and the sizes are not really from the s to the large no it's s m s that's it or Mm -hmm. the same size or only one size above and then uh, i fly always in uh, moving air i'm not i don't make uh, comparison you're not doing doing slider flights okay okay no no we don't fly any not any of us fly in calm air so in calm air and um, numbers on papers are really silly, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, if, uh, if any pilots, if any pilots just get this GPS and go on the calmest of air and makes a glide, he understands that he cannot put any number because he will always get um, minus 0.1, 0. 0.2 uh, difference, and that glide will differ from a 9 to a 9.5 to a 8.8 so that agreed it's just a useless exercise yeah so that's that's totally useless. agreed yeah yeah okay so that that's it so so i evaluate by my feel like i look we see how the glider ability can show what glider has the ability to serve the air better and the glider who's who what glider move forward and gets a bit higher of course it's a moving air but we don't make only one glide um, so one, two, or three glide are not enough to determine which glider is more efficient. Many attempts um, mm. are needed to evaluate uh, their potential. And what about how are you judging, um, like, uh, safety characteristics? Are you are you putting every glider you fly through through some kind of a similar SIV? Are you stalling? Are you doing asymmetric? Are you doing kind of SIV stuff, or is it mostly just fun flying, well, thermal flying, XC flying? Well, no, I don't put it to SIV, so I don't stall the gliders, I don't okay. spin them. I, I find the, the limit of the stalls. I'm, I know when, when it will stall, I release. I don't make a full stall. 
Okay. And I make I make a frontals and but a frontals in and asymmetric also I make. But all of the all of those cannot really if the pilots now are, do know that, but that doesn't really represent the glider in moving air when they collapse. Because when I collapse the glider, my head are thinking that I'm collapsing the glider and I'm ready. And my uh, muscles, <laughs> my bottom muscles are ready to counter steer <laughs> if I'm not thinking properly. So I'm ready for the, for the collapse. And, but collapses in real life are really much more different. And sure. I got some collapses when I fly in turbulent air, some high-rated gliders, and I was really uh, you know, uh, surprised by the dynamics of those gliders that were tested before uh, in calm air over the sea. So, uh, yeah, I mean, asymmetrics and uh, frontals, uh, induced asymmetric frontals doesn't show the real, uh, the real uh, uh, glider in the air, a bit of a small picture, I think. Uh, okay. And in moving air, in moving air, when you get a collapse, uh, maybe the, the the wing is in front of you. Maybe it's uh, a bit on the side. So it's all different. I'm going to run a scenario by you. Uh, let's say tomorrow you and I get an invitation. Uh, not tomorrow because it's the wrong time of year. Okay, let's say it's July, <laughs> and you and I get an invitation to go fly. You know, some really cool part of the Alps together. Uh, so you've got a you got to root yourself up from from Lebanon, get on a plane. Uh, you know, you don't want you can't take ten gliders. You got to take one and one harness. Um, and and you, it's you and I. We're going to go fly. You know, some really cool line across the Alps for a few days. Um, what would you take? Uh, harness, wing, uh, maybe even instruments, and and why? Well, if I'm going to go to fly with you in the Alps. <laughs> I'm gonna take uh, an Enzo four. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no! We're not. We're not. <laughs> just, just, just to be to catch up with you. No, 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 <laughs> no! No, we're flying for fun. We're flying for fun. We're gonna okay. go fly in the Dolomites, and it's just we're not trying to break any records. Uh, there's, you know, we're 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 gaggle flying. We're we're just having fun together. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I I I can take any any of uh, the available gliders I have here. Maybe I get a sea glider. I think. Yeah. Okay, but which which, uh, which yeah, one? Which one and which, which one? harness? Like, which you know, you, you must have a favorite for, you know, for just going to have a fun trip in a in a part of the world where we don't have to worry too much about you know hiking. Like, it doesn't have to be necessarily be lightweight kit. It's just for for a fun flying vacation. Well, I can get maybe uh, which harness. I mean, there's lots of harnesses. I have uh, five harnesses here for testing, mm. but I will get maybe the, um, I don't know if I, I have light harnesses. Maybe I get my own harness. I mean, I have a, the X-rated six. I like this glider very, uh, this harness very much. And it's mm. practically my own harness for everyday test flying. Okay. But if I want to get a light one, I will get the uh, I have the Woody Valley GTO, the new one, the light. I mean, mm. it's it's not a nice looking. It artist. doesn't have a seat board, also, but it's it's okay. Mm. And wing. And wing, I will get uh, maybe the the uh, <laughs> the Divyuk. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> Excellent. Good. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Dominic would like it. <laughs> yeah, he would. He would like it a lot. He'd like it a lot. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Let, let's switch to harnesses. Uh, seatboard or no seatboard, and and why? Okay. So the hammock style harnesses are really very comfortable. I mean, the, for the seating position, for the back comfort, the lightness too, the Forza, the Empress Three. They would evaluate the light, by the, but they do not provide the precision of a weight shift in turbulent air. I mean, the seat harness will let you uh, lean on a like on a stiff corner and lock yourself into a precise turn. You know that mm. that kind of angle, and that's what I personally prefer uh, the seat harness for the moment. You know, I, that's 
it's a personal but I mean i fly for fun with a seatless and i like them very much but maybe for a high aspect ratio glider and uh, a competition glider i surely will prefer a seat harness mm-hmm. Hmm. I, there's some there's some interesting work being done. I'm seeing like in the new the new uh, Delight Three, I guess it is, in the new sub air harness. They're using you know quite stiff, um, mm-hmm. like protection. a pat. Yeah, exactly. Quite stiff underneath your butt, so it's almost like having a seat board. But I, I don't have personal experience with that. Are you noticing that that yes, is, is is it of helping? Course. Well, look, the, the Forza doesn't have a seat board, but it's very easy to just mm. open the the zip and slide a carbon seat plate just over the protection. And when you sit with the protection, with the seat board, it gets a bit uh, like you have a seat board. But, I mean, it's not connected to okay. the to the seat uh, belt, to the belts. Yeah. It's not connected to the belts don't you so you feel you feel it but it's not as connected as a seat harness the seat harness uh the the seat board is connected is under the belt yeah so you get all the uh, the precise turn but it's okay it's much better yeah yeah I, I, I'm kind of going through my own interesting um, phase with with harnesses because you know, of course, in the X Alps, you fly the lightest, lightest stuff you possibly can. You know, in 2015, yes. I flew the Ice Peak Seven, um, the regular one. It wasn't even a light version, uh, and then I, I flew with the Strike, um, and I and I'd flown the Impress for for quite a while, even in my early years of racing, and I so I'm quite comfortable with the hammock harness, but I really feel like. Um, I've maybe made a mistake there. I think I think in this next X Alps, I think I'm willing to carry that you know very small additional weight of a carbon seat board and go with a seat board because I, I agree with you. I think when you're flying a higher aspect wing, you really need that extra feel. Yeah, because maybe, of course, that um, you anyone could fly. Maybe and not anyone. I mean, athletes like yourself, can fly easy on a hammock harness and the competition wing. But you have to, uh, to pay the extra, uh, the extra workout. And yeah. maybe if in a competition like the XL, maybe you, you will be happy not to pay those extra charges <laughs> in the mm-hmm. air. So if you, uh, if you can minimize the load, it's much, it will be much better. The load, mm. the workload. Mm. I mean, mm. yeah, it's yeah, exactly. Better. Yeah, so exactly. If, if this compensate, if if the harness compensate uh, their movement, their all movement of the harness, and you, it will have much less workout, and you can maybe have more energy to for another uh, kilometers. I don't know. Mm. Mm. Um. Zayed, I want to be mindful of your your time, so we'll we'll wrap things up here. This has been enormously educational and, and fun. I, I really appreciate it. Um, before we do, I you you I know you listen to the podcast. Sometimes you've heard this question before, so maybe you're prepared for it. But uh, if you could rewind the clock, and for you, it's it's a it's a long rewind, it's thirty years um, back to if you can kind of imagine where you were and what you were doing when you were a fifty hour pilot. It sounds like it was shortly after your your French friend taught you how to ground handle and do a little bit of flying, and then handed off a comp glider to you. <laughs> Um, what, what would you, what would you do differently or what, what advice would you have for the audience, uh, who are just starting out? You know, like when you look back at your own, uh, progression, uh, would, would there be anything you would change? Um, uh, no, really no. no, because the best thing I remember is that I'm flying for fun from the first day I learned paragliding. And the feeling of weightless uh, feel on the ground and soaring sometimes, this is the feel I want to get. And this is the feel I want to stay with me. So it's so if anyone wants to fly beside competition, I mean, they have to find only for the, to fly for the pleasure, having fun. And that's maybe, I don't know, that's, that's my goal. And I hope it will still be available. Mm. Mm. So just fly for the fun. I like that. 
that works <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean i mean if you can fly um because I mean, in my country, I cannot really go uh, to, to very long exceeds, and those circuits I make, and that's that's what I can do. So I mean, if I want to stay here, I want to fly, I want to change wings, and uh, um, yeah, that's it. The feel that I get from the wings, uh, I hope to get the most of the pleasure feel when flying them. Mm. Love it. Zayed, thank you very much. That was uh, a real pleasure. I've been smiling constantly for an hour. Uh, it's 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 a real treat to to speak to you, quote unquote. Well, not really in person here, but it's it's nice to hear your voice. Uh, I feel like you and I know each other for many years of reading all your your material, which is fantastic. Uh, we'll add all that to the show notes. I want to encourage people to again go check out Dust of the Universe and and read Zayed's reviews and. Uh, Good luck there, and I, I do hope we get a chance someday to fly in the Alps or somewhere else in the world and and uh, yeehaw at, the, at Cloudbase. Yeah, well, thank you, Gavin. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Really sorry for my English, uh, but uh, yes, of course, it will be a great pleasure for me uh, to fly with you wherever, and if you come over here also. So thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Talk soon. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed that. As always, uh, if you're getting something out of the show, all we ask for is a buck a show uh, if you can afford it. Uh, and you can do that as a one-time donation. And don't just send us a buck. That's kind of silly because PayPal takes a big chunk of it. And, you know, wait till you've listened to 20 or something and make sure you really dig it. Uh, you can do that. If you go to the website, cloudbasedmayhem.com, you can see how to uh, contribute to the show financially through PayPal. Or you can set it and forget it through Patreon, which is a really cool way to, uh, you know, just contribute every time we put content out. So it's only you only pay when something when we create content and then you can be rewarded for doing so at various different levels uh, so that's kind of fun but there are many other ways you can support the show uh, you can share it you can blog about it you can uh, post it on facebook or instagram or twitter or however you like to communicate uh, you can talk about it with your friends on the way up to launch uh, what this is all about is just spreading knowledge spreading information and trying to make us all better pilots and uh, and safer pilots so uh, you can also rate us on itunes or stitcher or however you get your podcast that actually goes a long way i've learned a lot about that in the last couple of months so um, we've got tons of great ratings already it's fantastic i really appreciate that thank you all so much so uh yeah that's it thank you very much thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next show cheers